crush your menopause sugar cravings in time for warm weather fun with all-natural Bossa Bars Menopause Energy Bars. Delicious, keto, and intermittent fasting-friendly. These bars help women manage weight and energy during all stages of the pause. Try them at bossabars.com. That's B-O-S-S-A bars.com and save 10% with code KD10. Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women who are unafraid to age out loud. Do you feel great about your body? When you look in the mirror or at a rack of bathing suits or even at your romantic partner, do you think, yeah, I still got it. I feel sexy and sensual, strong, fabulous. Or do you feel frumpy and lumpy and totally midlifey? My guest today is going to help you and me befriend our bodies because the midlife body blahs, along with menopause symptoms like low libido, poor sleep, fatigue, brain fog, can sometimes make you feel like your body has become a stranger. I'm joined by Gabriella Espinosa, a body wisdom coach, menopause mentor, and pleasure educator. Gabriella's work lies at the intersection of embodiment, neuroscience, Eastern traditional wisdom, and menopause health. She works across disciplines, including yoga, somatic movement, breath work, and embodiment practices. If you want to know, trust, and appreciate your body and reconnect to your pleasure, power, and purpose in midlife and beyond, stick around. This show is for you. Welcome, Gabriella. Hello, hello, Katie. I love that introduction. I kept saying yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That's what I want for all of us to oh really know, trust, and appreciate our bodies and discover the treasure trove of pleasure that exists within them. So thank you so much for affirming that. Oh, I'm I'm so I'm glad you 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 appreciated <laughs> the intro. I'm I am admire of your work from afar. I've been following you on Instagram. I've spent some time on your beautiful website. Mm. Um, we, Our paths have crossed sort of virtually because you were involved with Bossa Bar's Menopause Empowerment Day. You have been a resource to Kindra, which is a brand that has, both of these brands have sponsored the show at different points. I so appreciate the uh, work that you're doing and I'm very excited to explore this. So my, my intro shared, I think, that your work is very multifaceted. You are a yoga and somatic movement teacher. You are a menopause mentor. We're going to explore all of these, but I want to first kick off by asking you, you know, when and how you decided to launch your business, Women's Body Wisdom. Thank you so much for asking that. So yes, my work lies at the intersection of embodiment, neuroscience, Eastern traditional wisdom, and menopausal health. And it's informed by my own lived experience of living in a female body and also guiding um, other women um, through practices of yoga, somatic movement, breath work, um, and coaching to, to connect to their bodies. So as I mentioned um, at the beginning, that is, I am, I'm passionate about empowering women to really know, trust, and appreciate their bodies and, and really discover that pleasure is their birthright. And yeah, yoga, I started out as a yoga teacher. It's always been a 
practice for grounding and clarity and connection. And it's really anchored me in, in periods of enormous change, especially when I was moving from being a career woman um, to being a mother and entrepreneur and then moving into menopause. So I, I trained as a yoga teacher in London about 16 years ago where I was living at the time and um, really loved the philosophy of yoga, the teachings of kindness, contentment, self-acceptance, service to others, and self-reflection. And um, I've trained with some incredible world-class teachers, um, not only in yoga postures, but breathwork, meditation. And I'm so grateful for the inner lens of self-awareness that the practice offered me. So I loved sharing this practice with other people and seeing the shift in their physical and emotional state from the moment they walked on the in the door and got on their mats till the end of class. So I started teaching yoga in my home and that quickly became unsustainable. I opened a small yoga studio, managed all the admin scheduling and teaching of classes whilst trying to raise three young children, be the perfect mom, the perfect wife, constantly striving to be in service of others. But, you know, teaching is physically demanding and burnout is a big thing amongst yoga teachers. And we often don't follow our own um, advice of self-care and preservation in order to to serve others. So isn't that so but, it's so it's so ironic <laughs> that 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 is something that happens to the wellness community. And, oh my you know, gosh, even yes. the words that you just used striving, you know, it's you were striving to to transmit all the, uh, you know, the kindness, contentment, self-reflection that you that yoga gave you. But even the word strive you know, has um, connotations of, you know, just sort of hard work. It was hard work to be the perfect wife, the perfect yoga teacher. Um, when did you stop striving and sort of more embrace this sort of embodiment and, and sort of kindness to yourself in your own Well, I, Yeah, well, I think burnout is a big thing in the wellness community, sadly. And so by my early 40s, I felt, you know, doing all the things that I was doing, right, striving, um, trying to do balance, you know, being an entrepreneur, a mom, um, by my early 40s, I was running on empty, right, ignoring the creeping anxieties, heart palpitations, brain fog, low libido, and you know, my, it was moving into perimenopause. It totally caught me off guard, totally caught me off guard. So I never even heard of this word mentioned 10 years ago. We don't have the awareness um, that we have. There wasn't the awareness then where you have today, right? So it was a really confusing time for me. My, My doctors weren't giving me the right answers. They prescribed antidepressants, beta blockers. It wasn't spoken about in my family or circle of friends. And to be honest, I felt quite embarrassed even bringing it up with my friends and, because I felt it was like admission, I'm getting old, right? So, you know, it was a wake-up moment for me when I started experiencing this, this you know, symphony of symptoms <laughs> this that were just very, very loud. So I started scaling back my yoga practice and my teaching, spent a lot of time lying over one of those, I don't know if you've seen those big yoga bolsters, Yes, (laughs) just trying to catch my breath and trying to figure out what's next, right? And and I got really curious 
learned everything I could about my health and my body. I trained as a nutritional therapist, right, and learned about how all of our body systems are connected. I got to know myself better, really focused on the things that really matters. And it was during this time that I met my mentor and teacher, Michaela Bohm, who is um, a world-renowned intimacy and embodiment teacher who taught me about body wisdom. I had never even heard of that word, body wisdom. What is this, right? And it really is this idea that we have this innate intelligence in our bodies to navigate whatever life throws us, throws at us, stress, overwhelm, trauma, pain, discomfort, challenging emotions. And to, when we, when we are able to do that, tap into that innate intelligence that we discover that beneath all these, all the pain, all the trauma, all the stress, struggle, there's always the potential to access goodness and pleasure. So this is based on neuroscience, right? Neuroscience has been teaching us that beneath all of that stress, all of the tension, all of the trauma, the body holds this incredible ability to to hold goodness and pleasure. It, we just need to get quiet enough to, to listen to our body's cues for rest, for nourishment, for movement, for connection, to sit with the emotions and feelings that our bodies hold for us and have been stored there for so long. So that's a great part of my work, right? When we're engaging, um, when we're moving through these hormonal shifts in our life, i.e. perimenopause, menopause, and um, which can take us into unfamiliar territory, right? Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Uh, fluctu- fluctuating emotions, physical sensations. We, yeah, we feel that our bodies are no longer working. Working. We feel we're broken and need to be fixed. So I want to menop- explore that in yeah. a minute. I want yeah. to explore these mm-hmm. quiet cues that you were talking about and how we can listen to our body's wisdom. We're going to move into a quick commercial break, but when we come back, That's topic number one. Rosebud Woman crafts beautiful, organic, sexual wellness and intimate self-care products to support women in midlife. Their Honor Everyday Balm is a magical vulvar and vaginal moisturizer with Basa Bolo to build back skin resilience. I use it and absolutely love it. Arouse, the only three-in-one stimulating serum available on the market, enhances sensation in a woman's own lubrication. Rosebud Woman also offers award-winning body care products crafted to address the top needs of women of a certain age. I use the Anoint Oil on both my face and body daily. It is silky, smooth, and deeply hydrating. Join Rosebud Woman in a lifestyle of deep self-reverence. A certain age listeners who use the code KATIE10 at checkout receive 10% off their purchase. That's K-A-T-I-E-1-0. Head to rosewoman.com for beautiful sexual wellness and intimate care essentials. Gabriella, we're back from our break. You had me at quiet cues and body's wisdom. The moment you said that, my my ears perked up and I thought, you know, my life feels very noisy right now. I am busy with two jobs. I have three kids. I have a pandemic puppy that eats everything. Mm. You know, I love every aspect of my life, but it, it can feel noisy. You share that quiet cues, when we pay attention to them, can unlock our body's wisdom. What are the obstacles that are preventing us from hearing these cues? And what what should we be paying attention to? What kind of quiet cues should we be looking for? Mm, that's a great question. So 
Yeah, the obstacles are. So, let's start so with the obstacles then. Let's 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 start with the obstacles and then we'll do the quiet cues. Like what's getting in the what's getting in the obstacles. way? Because I want to be so wiser. This, <laughs> you 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 named it at the very beginning. This constant striving and doing, which keeps us in our mind space, in our head space, right? Um, so thinking and doing versus being and feeling, and of course. We need our minds. I'm not, I'm not discounting, oh, don't think or don't use your mind. We need our minds. But we're in this constant striving, thinking and doing versus really feeling and being with our body. So that constant thinking, doing, striving moves us into stress, overwhelm, the endless to-do lists, right? Yes. Um, as women, I feel we're conditioned to please others. We don't hold strong boundaries. These are also obstacles. Um, we don't look after ourselves, fill our own cups, as, you know, so to speak. And all of these things can lead to that overwhelm, stress, and anxiety, which can be exacerbated when we move into perimenopause and menopause. And that's, I feel a lot of us just get floored by the symptoms because we are already arriving to perimenopause and menopause with our glass half empty. Gabriella, right? my so head is nodding right along. I mean, everything <laughs> that you ticked off, I, I just feel very seen. Um, the quiet cues, what should, what should we be looking for? I feel like recording this show and talking to so many women have have put um, some of the quiet cues on my, my my radar. I recognize now that we, you know, the the things that that we struggle with in midlife have uh, there are fixes that are out there. There are opportunities, but share some of the quiet cues with our listeners. What should women be paying attention to in order mm. to tap into more of their body's innate wisdom? Yes. So we need to get quiet now. <laughs> And I'm trying to get quiet right now and just listen, right? Listen, our body's constantly sending us messages. I need to rest. I need to be nourished with the right types of foods, right? I need movement, certain types of movement, not just one type of movement, but various types of movement. I need to get out into nature, Right. I need to connect not only with others, but with myself, with my own internal body world. What are what are my emotions, um, my feelings, my sensations um, saying to me that I need um, when what is my need for for pleasure and how can I access that pleasure? And so I think we, the constant striving and doing doesn't allow us to really tap into these messages our body is sending us for for rest, nourishment, movement, connection, and pleasure. And so we override those messages. And we arrive to midlife feeling like, you know, we need to be fixed. We arrive to midlife thinking, well, who am I? Right? <laughs> I've been doing all this constant striving and doing, and who am I as a woman who am i as a sensual being who am i as a sexual being right we 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 yearn to reclaim certain parts of ourselves that have been lost um along the journey of striving and doing and i think you put your your finger on it really when you said that you know who are we because mm -hmm. midlife often presents 
changes in relationships, right? Our, if we are a mother, our children's grow and move out of the house and and our day-to-day mothering shifts and, you know, that identity. But midlife often will have things like divorce or changes in relationships. People, you know, die. And all of a sudden we are, are looking to um, have a new relationship. But in order to have... Uh, you know, to cultivate deeper intimacy with other people, we first need to, to feel confident in, in ourselves. So how, how would you guide a client into feeling more confident, more sensual, more grounded in their own life? Because that's the foundation for, you know, connecting that kind of energy to other people. Absolutely. And I, I always say that it all starts with you, right? The most important relationship is the one that you have with yourself. Um, and perimenopause and menopause provides this powerful window of opportunity to become more intimate with yourself, to ask yourselves these questions, you know, who am I? How do I want to express myself, right? How do I want to love? Who do I want to love, right? How do I want to be in the second act of life? And so it's such an amazing opportunity. And the doorway in is through this process of embodiment, which is, which is what I teach, embodiment practice. So, so embodiment stems from the neuroscience concept of interoception, which some consider is our sixth sense, the ability to feel what's going on inside our bodies. So the better we're able to feel within our bodies, the better we feel about our bodies. And my mantra is feeling is believing. And only you can do that for yourself, right? No one else can do that. So this brings us to the whole idea of bodily agency and autonomy and so much about our journey through womanhood is about has been about this being taken away from us especially now yes. right yes um and you know being made to feel that it's in all in our heads and that there's doctors can offer us a quick fix for our symptoms that ultimately do not serve us um so Embodiment is the invitation to befriend your body. It's the process of getting to know yourself more intimately, exploring that internal landscape of emotions, sensations, thoughts, your desires, your wants. Um, and, and what are some I, of the steps that we would take to do yeah, that? Because yeah, like, so I'm we, like, I want to, you said that it's an invitation and I'm like, I want to accept this invitation. Yeah. I think this sounds delightful. <laughs> this is a party yeah. I want to be at. How do we, you know, the, how do we journey, say yes? You know, I find that a lot of women meet resistance, right? Because it's a very vulnerable and tender journey and doesn't always look so pretty, right? But it it it's, takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of boldness, which you talk a lot about to, to access your inner world. So we, we do this first by finding, um, engaging in practices that regulate our nervous system so that we feel safe first. So safety is so important right? Um, so there are practices, breath work, grounding, a practice I called orientation, um, some movement practices that help us find safety in our body. And then once we find safety in our body, we can engage in other movement practices, breath practices, um, relaxation practices, sensory awareness practices that really uh, um, allow us to access different 
points in our body that open up new pathways to pleasure, to vitality, to aliveness. So this is the wisdom that the body offers us. We have so many access points in our body to access um, to to that that wisdom that I talk about. So yes, um, we can do this in a variety of ways, as I just mentioned. You said and earlier something that really resonated with me uh, or grabbed my attention, Gabriella. You said pleasure is a birthright. Do you think getting to midlife makes this birthright easier to claim? Um, absolutely. Tell me absolutely. more. Tell me more. <laughs> no, I want to hear this. Oh, I, I I think we arrive to midlife, and again, we ask. Who am I, right? Who am I as a sensual being? Who am I as a sexual being? And But we feel that prioritizing our pleasure is selfish or indulgent, right? But it's not. It's, it's what makes you human. So making space to experience pleasure is so important. And it, and it, and it allows you to expand your capacity to to feel more of it. And it, and, it, and it creates this incredible, beautiful rippling effect to other areas of your life, you know, your relationships, your work, your creativity. Um, so connecting with our bodies and connecting to our pleasure is fundamental to connecting with the life force all around us, right? Yep. All aspects that feed your, your life. So I often, when we think about pleasure, um, I think it's so important to just dial it back. And I often ask my clients, what is it that lights you up, right? What is it that makes you feel alive and vibrant? And so not only focusing on the on the sexual aspects of pleasure, but just the day-to-day things, right? It could be walks in nature, it could be dancing, it could be good food. Um, It really doesn't matter. It's about bringing mindfulness to the things that bring you pleasure, noticing what that does in your body, right? And consciously cultivating more of it. So making it a practice. Yes, being intentional. Pleasure pleasure is a practice. Being intentional about it, yes. When you focus on the things that bring you joy, you make those your priority and you enjoy them with full awareness and it's it's a process this helps orient us towards feeling good this that neuroscience concept i've mentioned at the beginning right accessing that goodness that we feel in our body as we we move through menopause we can tend to focus on what doesn't feel good the symptoms right the the hot flashes the fatigue the overwhelming those are over those are very real so i'm not saying we need to bypass them but beneath them we have we can orient ourselves to feeling good yes. we can take um bite size um, actions, right? So taking small moments in our day to feel into that goodness, to feel into that pleasure and make it a, it, it's a gradual process of enrichment and tuning up um, that awareness so that we can expand our capacity to experience more of it. I love this so, notion of bite-sized mm-hmm. steps and bite-sized actions because it feels doable. And I I read something recently uh, that you're reminding me of. I read somebody saying that happiness is a series of decisions. And Mm. that really kind of jumped out at me because I, I, you know, recognize that sometimes we just want to be happy. Oh, I want to be happy, you know, but 
what does it take to make you happy? What 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 does truly light you up, as you said, and and sort of deciding to do those things, being you know intentional about taking putting into practice the steps that that allow you to uh, experience pleasure, that allow you to reconnect with your body. You know, these are things that you have to to do actively and, and with intention. Exactly. And it is, as I, uh, you know, takes that, it requires taking that journey inwards, right? And getting to know yourself, right? So if you want to connect with a partner, you have to know yourself, what lights you up, what turns you on. Um, so I often recommend, you know, starting with these bite-sized um, pleasure practices of simple day-to-day pleasure. And what would right? some of those be, be? What would some of these pleasure practices be? So I mentioned, you know, simple day-to-day things like, you know, walks in nature, beautiful food, sitting down for a Oh, I meant with your tea. partner. Are there are there sort of with or, it, or do you uh, recommend doing these steps with your partner? So first, so then moving into self-pleasure practices. So exploring your own body, right? So as I mentioned, the body has so many access points in science. There's a powerful way to do this through through touch. So science shows us that our nervous system is very responsive to the power of touch to lower cortisol levels, to raise our feel-good hormones. So we literally have to take pleasure into our own hands. And so I um, encourage women to explore their bodies through self-touch, very gentle self-touch, explore different erogenous zones, our our bellies, our breasts, our neck, our arms, um, our inner thighs. So start exploring your body to, you know, to, to bring awareness to what turns you on to what feels good. Um, Getting to know yourself more intimately, right? Knowledge is power. So um, a lot of part of uh, a lot of what I teach is um, sexual anatomy. So knowing more about our own sexual anatomy, because I feel the more we know about our bodies, better advocates we can be about our bodies, not only in the doctor's office, but also in the bedroom. It's incredible how much, um, how little we've been taught about our, our our sexual health. So learning about your vulva, your vagina, knowing where your own clitoris is. Not, you can look at a, at a drawing and say, okay, that's the clitoris, but where is yours, right? And um, knowing where your pleasure points are. And from that point, once you know where your own pleasure points are, then you can communicate that better to a partner. Our parent, our partners aren't mind readers. No. Right. They Wait a minute. Un- <laughs> Mine's definitely not a mind reader. Although he's he's right. he's terrific. But he um I, I don't mean to throw him under the bus and and, and joke about that. But you know, we, I, I had a Dr. Juliana Hauser on the show at one point. I'm sure that you know her work. She does a lot mm-hmm. of stuff around you know marriage therapy and sort of um sexual count um counseling and she said, you know, sometimes it's hard to communicate with your partner and that, you know, I get that. It's sometimes it's hard to articulate these things. What, how would you encourage um, a woman to share this with her, her ro- you know, her romantic partner, her sexual partner um, about what's maybe could be improved or what they're looking for if they're not currently getting it? Mm. So if you're engaging in self-pleasure practices, so getting to know getting comfortable. I find some women 
have some shame around naming their own parts, right? This is my clitoris. This is my vulva. It feels good when I touch my clitoris here. It feels good when I touch it that way. I love, you know, my massaging the outer vulva this way. So getting women to feel comfortable naming all of their intimate parts, then actually engaging in some self-pleasure to know what turns them on, not only in the genitals, but in all other parts of the body. And then inviting their partner, actually showing their partner, you know, taking your partner's hand and saying, I love it when you touch me here. You know, I've been exploring my own body and I and I've learned that this kind of touch really lights me up, really turns me on. Let me show you how. And so it really takes guiding our partner and in a very gentle, maybe playful and fun way. Make it make it fun and playful, not like you're coaching or teaching your husband. <laughs> That's no 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 man wants, uh, wants exactly. to feel like he's being taught, right? <laughs> but making it fun and yeah. playful and say, you know, guess what? Look what I've been learning, what I've been exploring about my body. And I want to teach you and let's engage in this together. Let's um, learn together. And, And also being honest with your partner, right? Especially for midlife women, right? Having that conversation, my body is changing, right? What turned me on before doesn't no longer turns me on now, right? And that's nothing against our partners. Our bodies are changing and we now require more time. Require We require more gentleness, right? We require um, more patience. And so, you know, it takes a woman, not only a midlife woman, any woman, any you know, woman, any, one, any time, anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes to get fully aroused. And wow. really that's how much time it takes to for all of our, um, the genitals to feel fully engorged and be ready for deeper penetration if that's where you want to go. This right? is fascinating. So, that's yeah, I had, I had yeah, no and idea. Many women didn't and many women don't know that, right? In my in my coaching I show women visuals of how you know stimulating the clitoris engorges um the inner vaginal canal and other pleasure points inside the the vagina such as the mythical G spot which can be accessed if you spend enough time, right? Stimulating, uh, you know, creating arousal um, points by not only stimulating the genitals but other areas. And you can start this also during your day, right? With these with simple day to day pleasures. So if we we go back to what I mentioned, like okay, noticing your body, what it's like to go for a take a walk in nature, to sit down and enjoy a beautiful meal. Those same feelings you can start amplifying throughout your day and arrive in relationship to your partner, all fe- already feeling resourced in pleasure because you've started the practice of cultivating pleasure earlier in your day with simple pleasure practices. And then you can, you know, you can start with thinking about what it's, you know, fantasy, right? Fantasy is another way of um, creating that arousal pattern, thinking, um, reading erotica. um, So creating practices and circumstances during your day where you create that arousal and you arrive in partnership 
already turned on, already kind of lit up. That arousal is already starting, right? And then engaging with your partner, um, guiding your partner to those pleasure areas that feel good and just spending time being patient, turning on some lovely music. What turns you on? Is it music? Is it lighting a candle? Wearing something sexy? So really, really taking some time to know what lights you up and turns you on and making that part of the practice. Absolutely. All such great suggestions. You're reminding me when I had um, a... uh, a British a sex a self-described sexpert Tracy Cox she has written 17 books on um you know sex intimacy um body care and she said something when she came on the show to to talk and talked about this notion of looking for a flicker not a flame you know understanding that Sometimes Hollywood has trained us to think that we're overcome with, you know, passion and that's when we should be having sex. But there are things that can you can start your flicker by by taking all the steps that you just identified, listening to music, identifying things, reading something, watching a movie, something that's going to make you feel like you're you know, there's a flicker there and then allows you to then to act on it. Um, And, you know, and it's, it's sort of the practice of just, you know, constantly maybe sort of prioritizing intimacy, pleasure, sex, um, self-pleasure that you that you discussed um, is something that, that you can incorporate into your into your life with, a, with a, the same kind of intent. We spend a lot of time, you know, taking care of the skin on our faces. You know, mm-hmm. we women tend to, you know, we're moisturizing, we're using body products, maybe we're coloring our hair, we're doing all these things, maybe we're working out. But we we forget that these other this sort of this intimacy, the sense of pleasure might require the same amount of, um, you know, applic- you yeah. know, intention mm-hmm. <laughs> and exactly. steps that you're talking intention. about. Gabrielle, you you have so many areas in which you practice somatic um, movement, yoga, menopause mentoring. We are kind of nearing the end of our time, which means that you're going to have to come back for a second visit to explore perhaps somatic movement and, and this notion of being a menopause mentor. But I do want to uh, talk a little bit about something that you had on your website, which is sort of yoga at any age. That's one of your service offerings. You described at the top of the show all the benefits to yoga. But I would love uh, for women who are listening who might not yet have a, a yoga practice or might not have really amped it up, I would love for you to cover some of the the benefits of yoga for midlife women, I know that it has uh, a positive impact on pelvic floor health. Uh, you know, fragile bones become an issue as we enter our age. How do we? How do we like befriend our body using yoga practices? Mm. Or, or if you want to touch on somatic movement as well, I'd love to to hear about that. No, I'm happy to speak about yoga. Yeah, it, I find it's one of um, the best forms of movement. For women as we age, you know, with regular practice, and I know you're a, a yoga practitioner as well, right? And hopefully you've experienced, you know, how it can help improve flexibility and balance, support muscle and bone strength that helps reduce stress. And For me, it's sleep. mostly a mood, uh, you know, honestly, mm-hmm. it's like my midlife, um, you know, stress busting hack. I, yeah. I am a nicer, kinder person, mother, wife, human when I am doing yoga regularly. Yeah, no, it definitely boosts mood um, and cognitive function. And I think the focus on inner awareness and, and attention to 
our body's abilities. It enhances the way, the way we feel about our bodies and improves self-esteem. And so um, it's so much more than a physical practice, right? Um, it, although it does, you know, engage your muscles and build strength and does you know, burn calories. Um, but it's it's a practice that cultivates awareness of your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual state. And this, as you say, can improve your mood and the way you feel about your body, the way you feel in your body. It puts you in a better frame of mind to make healthier food choices. It teaches us the values of kindness, contentment, acceptance. Um, and these can, you know, shift our mindset and um, move move us towards focus on health, longevity, and well-being. And yes, you mentioned um, pelvic floor health. And again, the constant striving, doing, <laughs> um, sitting at our computers yes. creates tension and tightness in our pelvic floors which can lead to further weakening of the pelvic floor. I don't think women understand this. Um, so this can contribute to the worsening of symptoms, which we, which many of us experience, and, and such as urge incontinence, um, genital pain, pain during sex, um, interstitial cystitis, um, even, you know, digestive issues, right? When we're constantly bearing down on our pelvic floor muscles from the stress um, and tightening um, and, and straining. So our pelvic floor muscles need not only to be strengthened, right? They need to have um, a lot of mobility, right? They need to be relaxed to allow energy to flow effectively to this area of our pelvic floors. So I, um, with yoga, um, it allows us to bring awareness to the area of our pelvic floor with gentle movement, with breath. I often start with breath work to allow us to breathe into the pelvic floor, which is something you can do. Um, and gentle movements such as hip circles. There are certain yoga poses that help strengthen the pelvic floor if it is that you have weaker muscles in the pelvic floor, but it also helps um, relax and smooth out any tension or tightness if that's what you're feeling in the area. So pelvic, the pelvic floor needs to be active and mobile, but it also needs to be relaxed to allow energy to um, to flow effectively there. So it's a yoga is a wonderful balance. way to do this. Yeah. I, I love that. I just, I can feel myself relaxing actually, as you're, as you're saying all of these things, I'm, I'm focused on trying to like drop my shoulders and, and kind of uh, sway my hips while I'm sitting in this, this chair recording this, because you're right. We, we are, are we hold so much tension um, as we move about our, our, our daily life and or not move about our daily life. That's the problem. Exactly. Anyone who's listening to this right now, if you're walking somewhere, let's do some gentle hip circles. Yes. Get that good energy flowing. <laughs> create that that sort of looseness in your body. I'm doing shoulder rolls right now. Only Dave, only Dave can see me, but I'm, I'm trying to cultivate that relaxation. Gabriella. I'm, I'm actually, actually going to post, I'm, I'm working on a, to post a, a little reel about how to do hip circles to get out of your 
mind and into your body and really allow yourself to 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 feel the deliciousness that's in our lower bodies we're so disconnected from our lower bodies and this can lead to tightening um, and to pain discomfort when we engage um, in intimacy with a partner uh, as well as some of the other more embarrassing symptoms like incontinence right so, Absolutely. So, so important. Um, Gabriella, so gonna, when you when you yeah. create that video, share it with me. I will put it into the sh will, show I notes <laughs> for this episode. So we are going to be moving into our speed round. I am making a date to have Gabriella co come back to talk about somatic movement, to talk a little bit more about menopause mentoring, because I have loved this conversation and we could keep going. But as our time is uh, nearing its close, I want to move into our speed round to end which is just quick one or two word answers. So Gabriella, launching Women's Body Wisdom was? Deeply fulfilling. Nice. I, I love Bikram yoga. What is your favorite type of yoga? As I mentioned, I just love lying over a bolster. So restorative <laughs> yoga, just that's how I start my day. Just lying over a bolster and just checking in with myself. Just restorative yoga. Like, yeah, sounds yeah, I love it. delightful. Okay. When I am not on my mat, this simple activity or tool helps me keep stress in check. Dancing. <laughs> that you are not the first person to say that, and and we all need to be doing some more dance. It's funny. I, well, I think it was um, Tabitha Carvan from uh, the, who is an author of the, this book called "This Is Not a Book About uh, Benedict Cumberbatch." Um, the uh, importance of loving something like your life depends on it. I think I've butchered that title. But she said that in midlife, she has adopted dancing uh, not in the dark. And that just cracked me up. So <laughs> dancing is something everyone should be adding. Okay. Definitely. And I wish every woman would try this one embodiment practice. Self-touch. Self-touch. Terrific. Mm -hmm. We talked about the importance of moving your hips in circles. What is another yoga pose that always delivers? It's a great one. There's so many. I find, again, the final yoga pose at the end of class is Shavasana, you know, rela final relaxation pose, just lying on your mat in stillness. Yes. I love that. I love Savasana too. It's the ultimate yoga pose. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. A book, movie, or podcast that helps women connect to pleasure? Mm. Well, I have to recommend my, my, my mentor and teacher, Michaela Bohm. She wrote this incredible book, which is my guidebook for embodiment, The Wild Woman's Way. And she also has a podcast, the Michaela Bohm podcast. So you'll, if you read that book and listen to her podcast, you'll see that a lot of my work is, is a reflection of, of her teachings because she has been uh, one of my most incredible teachers and mentors in this work that I offer other women. Well, thank you for introducing her to us. I will put both of those into the show notes. Okay, so finally, your one-word answer to complete the sentence. As I age, I feel... Mm. At home in my body. I hope it's okay that I say more than one. 
I love that. Home in my body. At home in your body. We started the show by saying you're going to help us befriend our bodies. I think it's very appropriate that we've closed by sharing that that your body is a home and not a stranger. And you've given us so much to think about that we can incorporate into our own lives, that we can explore on your website, that we can just sort of recognize that we need to bring intention around these areas and and just feel more connected to ourselves. So thank you for all of this thought-provoking conversation. I loved it. Uh, Before we say goodbye, how can our listeners find you, Gabriella, and your work? Oh, thank you. So... My website, GabriellaEspinosa.com. I have a course starting in the fall called Awakening Pathways to Pleasure, where I share all these tried and tested embodiment practices to awaken pleasure. And you can also find me on Instagram at Gabriella Espinosa. Fabulous. Those are all going into the show notes. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women who are aging without apology. Our 100th show and our second birthday is next week. That's right. A certain age is turning to. And we are celebrating with a series of amazing giveaways, special offers, and a special birthday show. Follow all the fun over on Instagram. You can find us at A Certain Age Pod or by signing up for our free weekly newsletter, Age Boldly. Sign up over on acertainagepod.com. Special thanks to Michael Mancini, who composed and produced our theme music. See you next time. And until then, age boldly, beauties. Beauties.